Hey, it's Aldwin. And I'm Jason. This is the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. New balls, please. We put our shit together so that we can entertain you. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Come back to life, Dick Edward. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? I, think, I feel like it's another ass comment, but... Jason Jason just called you on your bluff, and you, you came back and you called us an albatross? I don't know what that is. Do you know what this is? It's called entertainment in all caps. Time. Ready? Play. Welcome to the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. This is Jason. <laughs> I'm Aldwin. What are we going to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> tennis. What a thrilling, what a thrilling intro. <laughs> <laughs> We're not disengaged. There's just um, maybe a bit, a bit of a lull in the clay court season. <laughs> wow, you would say that? No, it was very exciting actually this week, except for the fact that um, Barcelona specifically mm-hmm. felt like many of our GLTA tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> particularly outdoor, tur- well, only outdoor tournaments. Yeah. Uh, and particularly Fort Lauderdale slash Miami. Yeah. And I think uh, Cincinnati for me uh, was an experience. But I think generally, if you're winning, at GLTA tournaments, you're typically playing two singles matches a day, and that's what a lot of these competitors were having to do. Yeah, I mean, let, let's not go crazy with the comparison because we all know <laughs> that some GLTA tournaments that have been, uh, you know, that have been reeked with lots of rain, you get to a point where you're on the court. I don't even think you're on the court, but you're like flipping a coin to see who's winning. Yeah, they're playing fast fours or something like that. Girl, they're not even playing fast fours. They're literally flipping a coin. <laughs> that I've heard that before. I have tournament, too, yeah. Tournament directors are like, okay, we're going to decide this championship that you've paid probably $1,000 to attend <laughs> with right. airfare, accommodation, and a trophy. You know, one of those <laughs> one of those crazy trophies is going to be decided on whether you choose heads or tails. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I told you I wanted to start today by telling a little bit of a story and for anyone who's played tennis played at a club you know tried to put a game together this is a story that is for you and something i'm sure you've experienced before so every saturday in the gays uh, gayness of toronto we have the tlgta winter team tennis mm-hmm. uh, my doubles partner we shall name him ross just for the <laughs> purpose of the story, because that's his name. Um, he uh, neglected to realize that we were playing this week. So he did not show up and he was a bit very apologetic about it, obviously. I think he was upset that after we had our match last week and I was sort of goofing around, trying to finally place that underhand serve on the court. Uh. After, on my sixth attempt, I actually (laughs) hit him in the side of the face. So (laughs) I think he was upset about that. But anyway, I digress. Uh. Okay. So, uh, you know, we want to continue to play some tennis. The other team showed up. I was the only one. So we tried to find a club member at Mm. the Mayfair to join us and play. So, um... Uh, Shaheen was nice enough to locate somebody to come and play. He will actually remain nameless for the purpose of the story because he was one of those people who, you know, when you show up at a club and you get paired up to play a match and, you know, you're sort of learning each other's playing style and vibe. He decided that it was appropriate, having just met me and been invited to play on our court in our league, that mm. he would start to, like, coach me on how to play. Oof. Oof. And... Um, Is his name Artur? <laughs> <laughs> no. Rodell? No, he was a, a member of the actual Mayfair club. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. No, yeah. I'm just joking. I just wanted to throw in a little joke. So... <laughs> So, yeah, that was, I got irritated and irked very quickly, and uh, it it became no longer fun. Oh, yikes. And straight, I'm assuming. 
Uh, yes, I believe so. I mean, I did not ask him his persuasion, but yeah, I think you so. know when you come up in our league. Uh, look at me when you come <laughs> when you come up in our league, inviting you to play in our match, and you want to give us pointers, sweetie. That know your audience, like yeah. read the room a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought. What was he? Te- what was he telling you? Because maybe I can just affirm that what he was, what he was trying to say to you was correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was a bit of a crafty player, and um, you know, trying to tell me how to hit the forehand and where to hit the ball. And oh, girl, please! Yeah. I've said that to you before. That is true. You have told me <laughs> just to hit the ball cross. Stop hitting down the line. You're leaving me a target up here at the net. What are you doing? <laughs> so you know, maybe I deserved it, but. Uh, I'd be interested to hear if anybody else on um, who listens to our show has similar experiences. Oof. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's tons of people that can share, like, sweetie, unless you're Rafael Nadal or Roger Federer or Novak Djokovic and you have years of championships and coaching under your belt, you cannot tell me anything. Yeah. You cannot tell me anything, okay? <laughs> I, I think the funniest thing... Um, for me was you know he started coaching me but he started off and came onto the court professing that he was not a good player (laughs) and then started to coach me (laughs) and you know to his credit he was a decent uh player i would say he's a crafty kathy in terms of he he knows where people are going to move or position themselves in doubles so he would hit to the opening so whether that was a lob or like a short slice to the open court like that was his that was his jam and so, uh, pretty successful. Okay. So in this rec game that you guys were playing, did you end up winning with this annoying partner? No. Cause I was so irritated. I didn't really care. It was six, you didn't four, care. six, one. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Oof. That's not fun. Come on. Times are supposed to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. And oh, then I'm we sorry. switched it up and he was on the opposite side and I was partnered with Shaheen and we won that seven, five. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, on the on a on the bright side, you got so you got a workout done. Yeah, I mean we have four weeks to CGO, so we got to get them reps in. Uh, yes, you agreed. and I are, you and I are gonna have to get some doubles in. I think. You know, I agree that that has to happen at some point. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm gonna be hitting you in the side of the face with underarm <laughs> Uh Well, I will show up to the next match. Even if you do hit me on the side of the face, <laughs> no Tino shade to Ross. It was Speaking, an accident. It was an accident. Yeah, it was. It was not his fault. He just didn't realize. Speaking of listeners, so I had a pretty cool experience on Saturday night that I want to just share with everyone. Ooh. So you and I, girl, I've been doing this pod for the past few years. Very seldom because of the pandemic. I mean, aside from being at the Rogers Cup last year, have we kind of had the opportunity to have? Uh, moments to meet people that listen to our show and so on saturday night there was so i'm part of gay dodgeball i think you all you girls know that right now and as i was explaining to jason before recording tonight's show i'm in this windstorm of gay men of like going out shutting the bar down on a weekday just being blown left and right (laughs) (laughs) that was a windstorm (laughs) reference You know what? Leave it to the English major. That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Right. Um, anyway, so one of these parties happened on Saturday where um, there was a dodgeball tournament that day. We went over to a friend's house. And then the after party was at Pegasus Bar, which is a cute little bar in Church Street under the Gay Village in Toronto. Um, things were starting to get pretty busy. There are a couple of people that were coming in and there was this guy, Mark, that used to play in our league that desperately wants to play again. And he was with this, um, really attractive bald guy with piercing blue eyes. We started talking about tennis and I don't know how it came up. I think I started to say like, oh yeah, no, I do this podcast. And he's like, I recognize you. You're like, you do ready play tennis podcast. I'm like, bitch, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. So the listener that I met on Saturday night, his name is Pepe. 
Oh, cool. Pepe from our IG, yeah. So oh, he's... yes, I did see you post. I was like, is he your friend? Why are you posting this? It's like, yeah. oh, he's a listener. He's the listener. I think he lives out in the east, like in Pickering, in the Durham region or whatever. When we first started, we started, we were communicating. He was like sharing some tea on players that he knew. Like I find out, I found out that he's actually like a legit, amazing tennis player. Is coaching. Um, I believe he's flying down to. Um, in Mexico to offer some tennis lessons. So like this girl's good. Oh, cool. You know, and I, I guess it changed it changed my idea of who he is. I'm like, okay, this girl's messaging us, and she knows the fucking tea. So like, <laughs> <laughs> just a shout out to Pepe. It was really cool to meet you. Thank you for listening for all that time, um, for since the jump essentially. And I don't know. I think it's cute. Maybe we'll have more opportunities like this to meet listeners in the future. Yeah, write us a review, Pepe. <laughs> I I think I might have said that in my drunken stupor. I was like, girl, yeah. did you write, review, share? Did you do all of that? I don't remember what his answer was, but... I uh, was at an event on Saturday, a birthday party, and I saw some other um, uh, tennis gays, and I was telling them the story of how we met a few people who recognized us at the National mm-hmm. Bank Open. I was like, yeah, we saw four people recognized us. It was amazing. <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's fun, and you don't really realize, I guess the reach of the show until you're out somewhere randomly and someone's like, Oh, you do this show. So that's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Did he challenge you to some tennis? I think he knows that I'm just not at his level. (laughs) And maybe I'm putting words in his mouth. Maybe he does want to play, but I'm, I'm down. Yeah. I'm down. I'm down to clown. That's cool. So that's awesome. Um, Other folks who were down this week are names that we've talked about before. (laughs) (laughs) i was joking earlier and said like in order to just save us time recording episodes we're just going to upload the same episode every week and change the tournament name so instead of like iga and carlos win stuttgart (laughs) it'll be like iga and carlos won miami (laughs) it'll be the same commentary (laughs) but what so what if they're in different cities though like this this week (laughs) <laughs> we'll we'll find a way. We'll find a way. <laughs> Perfect. Where do we want to start? Um, let's start with Iga. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. We didn't talk about where we were going to start. We just decided to tell you our respective stories <laughs> and then, uh, dive in. But Iga, so I was most impressed. I have. I think we should probably start by talking about. Um, Sabalenka. Okay. I mean, I feel like I, I watched, um, t- I believe, two of her matches, including I caught the tail end of the final. I wasn't sure when it started, and I got up late. And by the time um, I got up, it was 6242 already. Mm. But she um, played really well played aggressive i think she must like the court conditions there and i i am not sort of seeing the service yips that we had been seeing um most of 2022 yeah i mean like maybe clearly has something to do maybe clearly clearly has something to do with the fact that's indoors I mean, she won us. Remember when she went on that tier two years ago? She won like seven million tournaments at the end of the year. She won Ostrava. I think she won Prague. She won a bunch of tournaments. I mean, it's a nice uh, conditions for her because she doesn't have to deal with the sun, the wind. I mean, what side of the court should she start on? Is she receiving? Is she serving? <laughs> you know, she like we talked last week. She you're ba- you're basically playing in a garage when you're playing Stuttgart. Yeah. So I mean, it's pretty comfortable conditions for her. And yeah, you're right. She didn't have a lot of the yips. Um, I think this was a good showing for her. She was clearly disappointed when she lost that final. I mean, she's not one to give a, a warm handshake. She's a fierce competitor and always wants to put her 100 out there. Um, but yeah, overall, would I say that this is a success for Sabalenka? Okay, I'll give, her, <laughs> I'll give it to her. I mean, yeah. a final showing is nice. After the year that she's had so far, I would say so for sure. But yeah, yeah. you're probably right that um, the conditions suit her a bit she made the final last year i think she it, that was the the period of of last year where she was having sort of back and forth finals with barty and barty was winning and then she was winning mm-hmm. so yeah it is nice um 
you know, she had a tough match against our girl BB. Uh huh. Exactly. Uh, the BB match I watched. Three. Yeah, the BB match I watched, and that was shortly after the news broke of her exclusion from uh, Wimbledon. Sporting those Wimbledon colors. <laughs> Do you think I, that was intentional? Uh, no, I think that, I mean, it's just ironically happens to be the whole Nike kit scheme for this particular part of the season. I mean, Rublev's wearing it. Alcarez is wearing it. So, yeah. Yeah. You posted something on IG. I actually didn't quite understand. So you were saying <laughs> that. Um, That's why for- you're in charge of social. I was like, what does he mean by this po by this by the story? So you you posted a story fresh off last week's episode where Sabalenka was playing, and you said something like, "Oh, in protest of her being banned from Wimbledon, she was wearing green and white, and she she the way she was pacing was a form of protest." Oh no, it was like I was talking about the pace of her forehand. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Like the fact that it was so hard, she was just angry. Yeah, she was like thumping that forehand and and wearing the Wimbledon colors in protest it was stupid clearly no I mean I, <laughs> I think it's quite ironic actually I mean when you look at all the Nike kits I mean Rublev is also in green and white yeah. and we're going to talk about him later but yeah it's interesting that they coincide with this most recent ban <laughs> yeah any other players that you want to talk about from Stuttgart um, what did you think overall about BB's showing you know I was happy with BB's play I thought taking Sabalenka to three sets is, I mean, for her, having not hit a ball in months, wonderful. Um, It's just, listen, I mean, I say that with such trepidation because I sincerely want BB to be out there playing matches. So, you know, even as I say, yeah, this was a good showing, she took Sabalenka to three sets, that's not really going to matter very much if she pulls out of the next tournament or doesn't go deep. It's like, you're obviously going to play your best when you're committed to playing as many matches as possible. Yeah. So, you know, once she starts getting those back-to-back tournaments, going deep in draws, playing three or four matches every tournament, I think I'll have a little bit more excitement for her. But, yeah, Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's a player who needs the reps. Yes. Another player who we'll talk about later who needs reps runs that Serbia tournament. So, <laughs> um, yeah, she just needs a bit more. Um, but I was impressed, I would say, um, in her fight in that straight set win. Like, she was behind, I think, most of that first set, and she came back and then took the second 6-3. Against and, Niemeyer? Yeah. The German? Uh-huh. Yeah, and then to um, to compete so well against Sabalenka, I think it's pretty impressive, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's a good start. It's a good start. It's a... Yeah, it's a... It's ba- they're baby steps. It's a good stepping stone. Yeah. Well put. I have a question for you. Yes. Do we consider Raducanu, like, I, she clearly made the quarterfinals. Now, anyone that wouldn't have seen the draw would have been like, wow, quarterfinals, like, final eight, good for you, girl, clap, clap, clap. Realistically, she won two matches in a row. <laughs> yeah. The first, Sorry, not... The first time this season, I think, that she's won two matches Yeah, no tea, no tea, no shade, but is our bar and expectation of Raducanu now set so low that this is an achievement for her? Like, that's... What do you think? <laughs> I think she ran into, you know, stiff competition in Iga. I think she played decent tennis. I think she played decent against Iga, but Iga's too... Mm. She's got too much game. She takes the ball too early and leaves you 0.0 seconds of time to get the ball. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, she was going to be uh in tough but i thought i thought she was fairly competitive in the ega match which is i think a good sign for her and yes as you pointed out i don't know if you pointed it out in the episode last week or after or even before last week's episode but because she has zero points to defend she continues to crawl up in the rankings which always boggles my mind but i appreciate you reinforcing that to me every week because now i get it yeah, I feel like the latest headline I saw was Emma, Emma Raducanu climbs to career high number 11. Yes. Girl number 11? <laughs> Oof, that's not deserved. Um, and also, sorry, I'm going to pull a Kim Kleisters here and throw her even more shade. Let's be honest about the players that she beat to get to the quarterfinals. A, you won two <laughs> matches. So I've done that before. That's not 
an astounding thing, an astounding <laughs> feat. Number one. Number two, you beat Storm Sanders. No offense, Storm. Don't know who you are, but okay, good for you making a main draw at a, at a WTA tournament. Great. And Corpatch, who are you? German woman? That sounds like some sort of hair Venereal disease. Product. <laughs> In the same family. <laughs> and Storm Sanders sounds like um, one of the American gladiators. Yeah. Or like, you know, if you're uh, if you're a person that likes to frequent the local strip bar. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, sorry, Storm. <laughs> Am I wrong, though? <laughs> She's not um, storming the stage. She's storming the clay courts. She's she's a great lefty. I mean, you know, you know our shtick here. We like to we like to be funny. Yeah, um, sassy, sassy. Getting back to the shade thrown <laughs> at Emma Raducanu, girl, you beat Storm Sanders and Corpatch, and you beat Corpatch in three sets. Okay, that's number one. Corpatch uh, does not sound like a real name. <laughs> I, I'm I'm unless I'm pronouncing it wrong. Corpatch, uh, I don't know, whatever. Anyway, so. Emma, I'm glad that you're up to a career high. No, okay, I'm going to take that back. Um, you are up to a career high of number 11. <laughs> and that is, um, that is that is the reality. If that's a th- <laughs> If only we were still making teaser clips. <laughs> that would be, that would be part of the clip. What, um, okay, we've spoken the truth about Radu Kanu. Yeah. Radu can't do. Maybe we'll see how she does. What about Paula? Bedosa? What do you have to say about Bedosa? She made the semis? Yeah. 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 Rebakina, Jabor. Who did she beat in the semifinal? She didn't. uh, She lost to Sabalenka. Oh, she lost to Sabalenka. I mean, yeah. She she did fine. She did well. Yeah. She got a bye. Yeah, Rabakina in a third set tiebreaker. But uh, Jabor is the is the impressive win, in my opinion. IMO, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, like she could. She's a sleeper to me. Yeah, like she's the girl that like has she could do consist. She can do consistently well. Come French Open time, no one's talking about her. Before you know it, she's in a quarter or a semi. So this is good for her to build her confidence heading into um, the clay court season. Mm-hmm. And Iga took it again. She was in tough in the semifinals, but uh, was able to pull that match out. I do believe she was down a break in that third set, uh, mm-hmm. but she was able to claw her way back. I think that's what's interesting about her is uh, and where she struggled in the past. And she hasn't gotten there yet in this recent run, <coughs> in, is that when she is down, she can sometimes beat herself mm-hmm. and she hasn't been in those kinds of positions uh, recently and to see her come out of that match uh, with the win um, being down in the third set was uh, also another I think step of progress for her yeah you know when you are at the club and uh, you are just riding this wave of incredible song selections by the DJ and you're just in the zone. You're just like, every move that you're making is just so sexy and amazing. And just like, <laughs> people are just drawn to you, magnetized. She's totally zoning right now. My Honestly, my fear when I watch that final is, I don't know, maybe she's zoning too prematurely. Like, she's won four tournaments already. Mm-hmm. She's pretty much unstoppable. We haven't had a discussion around dominance on the women's tour like both you and i discussed on previous shows since serena i really i think barty may have had a small moment maybe osaka has had a small moment but i don't i don't think winning in this kind of way where she's literally decimating the entire draw like that final against sabalenka was two and two Mm -hmm. and you know the wta tried their darndest to make those highlights look as competitive as possible girl (laughs) we know what you're playing like that was not a close final at all. Yeah, yeah. I woke up late, like by forty five minutes, <laughs> and the match was six two four two already. Yeah. So, I, I, it's yeah. It it goes. Um, 
it it bears repeating that she is dominating. I don't know. You'd have to go pretty far back to probably um, find a player who won four tournaments in a row. Like I don't know on the on the women's side. I don't know how far you'd have to go back, but somebody check us and give us that stat. Yeah, slide into our DMs. Who is the last WTA player to win the last four tournaments that they've been in? And they entered into. Yeah. Send it to our Instagram and we'll share it. I, I'm going to say it's Serena. If I had to take a wild guess, I would say Serena. What about yeah. you? Yeah. God. Um, I don't know. How how dominant was Justine Hennen? Justine Hennen? Yeah. I, I don't know. I really don't like her. So I don't, I never followed her career, to be honest. <laughs> I didn't follow her career much either. But yeah, I would, uh, I don't even know if Serena has done four tournaments in a row. I'm not doubting that that's possible. But I feel like people who, who were more dominant would be like Steffi and Monica. Mm, yeah, agreed. I think Steffi yeah. and Monica definitely have won four tournaments in For a row. Sure. And For sure. Martina. Martina. Navratilova. Maybe Hengis. not Hengis. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Hengis. I don't know. But those those four probably agreed. Yeah. I, and I think that what a wonderful thing to enter this new kind of renaissance of women's tennis. It's about time that we had a really domineering female player that the other women are going to have to work super hard to get to her level. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's a shame that Barty had to retire early, but Iga is kind of laying down the pavement. She's like. Y'all want to get this trophy? You're going to have to get past me first. So it's nice that she's setting the bar really high. Yeah. I think. Yeah, maybe, you know, by June, Barty will like, I need to come <laughs> back. Iga's just won Wimbledon. I need to come back. I think I think Barty's just drinking a pint right now. She's like, she's chilling. She's really enjoying <laughs> <Chilling>. her life. <laughs> Writing a children's book, hanging out on yeah. the golf course with her future husband. Yeah. Maybe she wants to support his career, which is kind of cool too. I don't know. What does he do? Is he, is I think he a he's trying. I think he's trying to be a golfer, yeah. Okay. It's cute. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. For her. Congrats, Iga, again. Four straight tournaments. What is it? Um, she had won like 27 sets in a row before losing that set to Samsonova or something. I like was going to say, I mean, wh- what an astounding feat that is. 27 sets in a row. Mm-hmm. A Samsonova tournament winner last year, really kind of very inconsistent, but has is very dangerous. Like, good for her for showing up and giving the number one player in the world a go, a run for her money. Yeah. But. Iga's got all that money. <laughs> and a new Porsche. <laughs> and a new Porsche, yeah. She seemed... Porsches are, I assume, standard. So she was. She seemed to handle it okay. I think in, <laughs> Pol- in Poland, they drive standard cars. Uh, I, I'm going to take your word for it. I don't know anything about, yeah. d- about cars. <laughs> I just know what I do in the backseat of them. Like, there you go. <laughs> Getting busy with them dodgeball boys. Um, Anywho Mm. Okay Speaking of boys um, If people were Un Or uh, sorry Uncertain or like a little bit concerned About the men's game And like the next generation I think we can clearly state that It has arrived in Carlos Alcarez Baena Baena Agut Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos Alcaraz. Um, another title. Three this year? Three. Yeah. So Miami, Barcelona. I couldn't figure out what the third one was. Uh, Rio. He won Rio? Yeah. Oh, okay, cute. So and Rio's a 500? Hard. Yeah. Clay, okay. hard, and clay. Listen, I mean, I don't want to pat myself on the back yet again. But clearly, whoever I date is just blessed. I heal people. I heal <laughs> ATP players. I am just, I'm the ATP player whisperer. Yeah. And, you also um, plucked his eyebrows, so thanks for doing that. Did, did, <laughs> did you notice that? They got cleaned <laughs> up, yeah. I mean, I, plucked would not be what I did. We, that would have been a thorough wax. Waxed and tweezed? 
Yeah, I don't have time to pluck all of 500 of his hairs, of his hairs <laughs> in between those eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, congratulations on putting these folks on the right track. Uh, I mean, okay. I think that if we if we decided to just do an entire episode in Barcelona, that would have been completely possible. I mean, clearly, as the men's expert on our show, I was very curious to know if you had to choose one of a marquee match in the entire draw, one that kind of just tickled your your fancy. What mm-hmm. would it have been? Well, it would have been the one with your current boyfriend and your ex boyfriend. Yeah. Tell me. I mean, aside from the actual tennis playing, there was a lot of drama. Yeah. Yeah, it was dramatic. I think, obviously, Pass is a little bit irritated that Carlos has had his number and uh, was able to get his number again. Not from you, but, on, like, on the tennis court. Because <laughs> uh, he's now up 3-0 in mm. their head-to-head. Yeah. It was... Um, yeah, it was a dramatic encounter. Obviously, they saved it for the end of the day. And, you know, I made the GLTA joke earlier because you play two matches in a day and some of these players had to do it twice. Um, that uh, Thursday and then, um, yeah, this Saturday to Sunday, they had to play the semifinal and final basically on the same day. Uh, yeah, it got a little turns. Um we had to hearken back to 2021 and Cincinnati and the many um, bathroom gate incidences of Sitsi. And he was like, what the F, bro? He was in the toilet for seven and a half minutes. How ironic is that? <laughs> How ironic is that? that is I mean, did you do you remember where the camera panned during this extended washroom break? Like, was it a constant, like, back and forth between Tsitsi sitting in that chair and his dad? Like, what was going... What <laughs> yeah. had happened? What had they happened? Were, they were texting one another. <laughs> oh, they were texting one another? No, I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think, um, you know, I sort of missed that whole part, the the washroom break situation. I only sort of checked in... Into the third set, Tsitsi was down three love. That's where he sort of got irritated with the whole thing and <laughs> challenged the umpire. So if people go back, <laughs> he uh, decided to have a little bit of an exchange with the umpire and uh, uh, challenged him and asked the umpire, how long was that bathroom break? How long was that bathroom break? And the umpire was like three minutes. And, and Tsitsi was like, oh, 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 yeah, really, <laughs> really, yeah. Yeah. And then um, said, are you going to you're going to watch it back and you're going to you're going to check and make sure it was three minutes. And if you if you're wrong, you should be fired. Is basically <laughs> what he said. At the same time that he did that, though, at love three or three love, he decided to like scoot himself off the court to change his clothes, which you're not supposed to do. Did he bring his purse with him? I think he just brought. Uh, like the change of clothes he (laughs) you're not supposed to do that in the middle of a set so it was three love he decided to grab a change of clothes perhaps he was um i don't know i don't actually know if he didn't go for a bathroom break he he must not have done the bathroom break uh after the second set Mm. and um yeah you're not supposed to do that was late getting back and he got two point penalties because he was delayed coming back so the (laughs) the fourth game starts and he's already down 30 loves but he doesn't (laughs) hear the umpire call the score 30 love (laughs) loses the next two points and game for love and uh the umpire calls the score and sitsi goes up to the umpire and says what the f bro (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> what a hot mess yeah he's a hot mess he is a hot mess hot mess <laughs> express i mean you can tell you can tell that he tries to keep a very calm demeanor on the exterior but she is boiling inside yeah she is boiling inside and i mean i clearly that was a bit of a self-implosion um hard to beat my current boyfriend on his home turf but 
I mean, girl, you still have that fat check from Monte Carlo. I mean, I, <laughs> I clearly he has, uh, you know, he's the kind of person that wants to do really well and cares more about winning tournaments and kind of leaving his mark in tennis history than he does about the money at the end of the day. I mean, he's not Benoit Pierre. And I mean, the other difference between him and Benoit Pierre is that he actually wins tennis matches. Right. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, that that quarterfinal was dramatic, very mm-hmm. dramatic. Believe me, I heard no end about it when I FaceTimed Carlos after the match. Yeah. Was he upset at getting the forehand swatted at his face uh, on set point in the first yeah. set? Did you all see that? He just, he went fucking... Aiming for his face. <laughs> CC Pass did. Maybe Not that's cute. Maybe, maybe it wasn't you that took out his eyebrows. Maybe it was CC Pass. <laughs> just like how close it came to his face, just like took all of those hairs away. <laughs> there was a bit of uh, commentary uh, in sort of the tennis media and on the social after that. Um, it was clear to some folks that Carlos was getting some coaching. His towel box is sort of close to um, uh, what's his name? Well, who's his coach? Juan JCF. Carlos. Yeah. Juan Carlos JCF. Ferrero. Yeah. Another three. Yeah. 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 And uh, so, I mean, sure, this is something that Sitsi complains about a lot and says, you know, there should be coaching on the tour because everybody's doing it and why are we... Mm. So there, I mean, there's perhaps a bit of an... He perhaps has a bit of an argument there and obviously he thinks there's a bit of a double standard if you created this rule because of my bathroom breaks and then you're <laughs> not paying attention to him and... Um, but I think, you know, part of what people are still adjusting to is that the clock apparently starts once they actually get to the bathroom, not when they leave the court. So mm. if... If Sitsipas thinks it was seven and a half minutes, it might actually have been five and not three, like the umpire said. So <laughs> unless you have like a camera following them to the bathroom and watching them close the door and then the clock starts, that would be a cool new addition to tennis viewing for sure. <laughs> I, I would pay for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't know what more we can say about this quarterfinal other than too bad, so sad. By CC onto the next. He's playing Madrid. I'm sure he's playing Madrid. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah they're all playing so. Madrid. Yeah. Um, and then Carlos had so my, the next match that my current boyfriend played against Dimonor. Very. I will say I was very surprised at how close that was. In fact, he saved two match points mm-hmm. in the second set. Yeah. The first one with this. I mean, he should have really hit that ball as a backhand but kind of turned around and hit a forehand down the line passing shot i mean who does that number one and although demonor lost my goodness can this guy he can run he's like the road runner yeah he's got kind of the same frame as the road runner i don't know is he still sporting that hitler baby mustache (laughs) no i don't think so not anymore right no um, but can uh, the other thing that I found so astounding about him was that he can neutralize a ball like no one else. Mm-hmm. I mean, Carlos is just hitting missiles for forehands the entire time, and uh, Diminor is just able to kind of float it back and like restart the point, which is so taxing and frustrating for someone that's so aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he needed to be aggressive and was in that match, and it lasted uh, as long as the final last year with Citi and Nadal. So. Yeah, he's somebody who can bring it, I think, against the best. So hopefully he can continue to do that. It it actually would have been a better final than the final that we ended up getting. <laughs> PCB? Yeah, TBH. P- <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a sleeper. Yeah. It was sorry, nice that he made the final, but... Yeah, um, sorry, can I just go off on a tangent for a quick second? Of course. Did you watch Schwartzman at all in Madrid? His 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 bum looks really good in those Felix pink shorts. <laughs> I gotta say, yeah, like that kid looks really cute on him. Yeah. I was hoping Schwartzman was gonna make a finals appearance, but um, I mean, he made the semis. Yeah. We made this joke before, so it's not worth mentioning it again. <laughs> his butt gave you a semi. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was surprising. You know, Casper lost to PCB. He gave up. A couple match points I think in that match mm. um, but yeah I think if you're worried about um, 
where tennis is going the last couple of events have been really amazing on the men's side and carlos is like all the things that you like about rafa and roger i think packaged into a new 18 year old and all the comparisons continue to flow out of people's mouths and people's igs when they post that he's the you know nadal was the last 18 year old to win his first title in barcelona and alcaraz is 18 and winning his so yeah i mean it goes beyond that like i'm sure you've seen the stat like Carlos Alcaraz is going to or has entered because we're in a new week now the top 10 for the first time in the exact same week age that Rafael Nadal did it same tournament and the other part that's really kind of very kismet is Rafael Nadal did this I forget how many years ago but he did this beating Juan Carlos Ferrero who is currently Carlos Alcaraz's coach. So it's this weird, like, Twilight Zone effect. Like, you know, <laughs> if you think about, like, the Dalai Lama and reincarnation, like, even though Rafael Nadal is not physically dead, is his, like, spirit living on and transferring over to Cal- <laughs> Carlos Alcaraz? Like, what is going on here? Um, there's just so many scary similarities. And, um, I mean, if the kid is this good at 18... And already, like, he's got two 500 clay court tournaments under his belt. He's got a Masters 1000 in Miami. He's proving that he can, he can play on clay and hard court. He's mm-hmm. probably going to have the same kind of career progression that Nadal did if he continues to be successful on those surfaces. Question for you. Yeah. So there are three Grand Slams left. Okay. In the season. Do you think he has a legitimate shot to win one of those? And or do you think he will win one of those? Uh, Listen, the French Open is his best shot. Then obviously it's going to be the U.S. Open. Grass, Spanish players have said historically grass is for cows. I mean, Sanchez (laughs) Vicario, I think Sanchez Vicario said that years ago, but it's kind of stuck with the Spanish players. Look at what we've got going into the French Open. You have uh, Tsitsipas and Zverev who are kind of not playing up to their fullest potential but could possibly get there. Djokovic who's, you know, not playing at his at his best. And clearly Nadal who's coming back from injury. What better opportunity to snag your first Grand Slam tournament than now? Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I mean, it's it's probably a good idea for him not to get in his head. But yeah, I think it's definitely possible. Yeah. What about you? I agree. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think, you know, he's proven to be good on both clay and hardcore. We'll see how he does on grass. He is super aggressive. Anytime he's hitting that forehand or even the backhand, I'm like, that ball's already gone by many of those <laughs> players. Like, it's just so blistering. Like, he is next gen now. Next gen now. Shit. We called it, son. We called it on our own IG. And all of you people, they were like, mm, give him a year. <laughs> give him a year. This is his year, Mitch. Yeah, she's there. Remember we, um, I think we were, we were trying to drum up the excitement of his match against Rafa last year in Madrid. Yeah. They were thinking he was going to be the next great player, and we're all excited for that match, and he got destroyed. Yeah. And you're like, now it's not his time. But now is his time. He's Now is that. his time. He's beating totally. everyone. Yeah. I'm. He employed that drop shot so well in the entire draw. Yeah. And that's something that Nadal really doesn't have very much honestly and um yeah so i'm just really excited to see how his game is going to develop and like what his trajectory is going to be in terms of like upping his arsenal of of weapons like what does jcf have in the works to like get him to like truly continue to level up Mm -hmm. in terms of trajectory Mm. are you still talking about tennis (laughs) (laughs) there's always a double entendre always (laughs) um anyone else you want to talk about in uh in barcelona barcelona Barcelona? um no no i really wanted to highlight de menor i thought he did fabulous Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, no one else really. How about you? Anyone else that you wanted to talk about? I don't think so. No. I mean, okay. it would be nice to see a bit more out of Felix. He ended up le- losing to Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, he started off the season strong, so hopefully he can make a run in Portugal and Madrid next week and on through the clay court season. So we'll see. And where's Dennis? I know. I don't know where he, I don't know where she is. You know what I did find out though? Cause an IG follower slid into our DMS and sent us a picture. Congratulations to Milos Raonic. Mm-hmm. We did not know what was up with her, but, uh, she apparently got married to his longtime girlfriend. Um, and, that's what he's been doing with his time. That's great. Planning a wedding. So congrats, Milos. That's wonderful. We look forward to you getting some wild cards in upcoming tournaments because your ranking is 222. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, I don't like what, is he going to come back? Like, how's he going to, how is someone like Milos going to compete with some of these guys like Alcaraz? Yeah, like just the thought of just the thought of him starting training again gets me tired. Does it get you tired? Like he looks like he just needs. I don't know. I don't know. I I think I don't know. I don't know where his career is. Like it's the same thing with Vashek. I mean, I think a lot of these Canadian uh, players might have missed their window or their window of like performing really well at tournaments is kind of passed for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just the injuries that are, it's been so difficult for them to kind of get back on the horse and be consistent. Yeah. So. yeah Milos and Vashik specifically. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of, I don't know, he's not injured, but he was a bit hobbled in the final <laughs> in Serbia would be Novak. He was <laughs> pulling magic out of the hat throughout the tournament winning yeah. uh from a step behind in all three of the matches but couldn't quite do it in the final he tried i think he i think he probably would have just liked to have lost in straight <laughs> in that final but uh decided to pull out the the second set for the fans but couldn't eke out a game in the third yeah, I mean, Rublev was in control that entire match. For After the first set, I think he was up two love and a break. And, uh, you know, just as Djokovic would do, he manages to find some Serbian magic and win that second set. Was it in a tie break or something? Yes. It yeah. was in a tie break. And uh, good for the fans. Obviously, a nice showing on his home turf. You know, they paid their ticket, um, you know, obviously not wearing masks. Uh <laughs> You know, enjoying that entire spectacle, and um, that third set. Wow, one maybe a good tennis question to ask is when was the last time Djokovic was bageled six love? That is a good question. Ooh, another trivia question for you, our listeners. Yeah, I remember. See, I, I ironically, I remember the last time Roger Roger was bageled. Do you remember? Yeah, Wimbledon twenty twenty one. Yeah, Hubi. The last time we saw him on the court. Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, I can't imagine the last, I can't remember the last time Djokovic was taken six love. Yeah. Do you happen to know uh, the last time Rublev beat a number one player? Uh, I mean, Joko has been the number one player for years, no? Yeah. And so like the last time, is this his first time beating the yeah. number one player? Exactly. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, you are correct. Ding ding ding. <laughs> um what do you think of Rublev's play? I, I I I quite like him. I know we're maybe supposed to be indifferent about Russian players at the moment, but um yeah, he's he seems like a nice guy. Djokovic liked him. The fans obviously didn't cheer for him when he was up against Djokovic, but I think they like him too so uh, the one thing the the thing that I love the most about Rublev is his intensity he seems to carry his intensity and drive to win throughout the throughout the entire match he never looks like he's gonna tank it or um, give up and that's something that I respect in any player particularly him 
Um, I just know that the commentators that were covering this match were saying that he has gotten more, his his ball striking is cleaner. I guess his, he's picking his spots better. Um, he clearly plays super aggressively, but his shot selection has seemed to improve. So that's the kind of, that's the Rublev I think that you and I were talking so much about at the end of, it wasn't last season, 2020, it was probably 2020 when he was, you know, again, making his mark on the tour. So yeah, it's good to see him. It's good to see him again. And I mean, whether Djokovic is dealing with some kind of, um, I mean, he said, that he's been dealing with an ailment, like some kind of fatigue. Yeah. I, that's still a huge accomplishment for Rublev, so I'm happy for him. Yeah, agreed. I remember the tickets that I got for the National Bank Open. Rublev was one of the players that I wanted to see the most just because I love the way he strikes the ball so cleanly and, and with such pace. I wanted to see that up close mm. and in person. And um, I think he played Fonini there too who he like beat pretty easily two and two mm. in Serbia so I want is there going to be a Serbia two like there was last year Serbia one and Serbia two <laughs> I don't know maybe not yeah. I didn't check to see the calendar on the ATP tour yeah. ATP tour but weren't tournaments limited last year as well yeah there yeah, was think... like some gap filling happening by uh, yeah no Novak and his brother uh, I think we're I think we're good. No, I think tournaments are kind of back to their regular scheduled programming. Yeah. Except for in China, as we know, the yeah. WTA just announced that um, tournaments will not be returning to China at the end of the year. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. But the ATP. They, uh, actually, when I saw that they list the them list the calendar for the ATP, I also hmm. didn't see um, Shanghai on the calendar. Oh, I see Beijing. Yeah, Shanghai. Uh, China is on the calendar for... For the ATP. For the ATP at the moment. Yeah, Shanghai, Beijing, and then there's wow. another tournament. There's a couple 250s um, in late September. Okay. Well, yeah, WTA just announced. Until we figure out what's going on with Peng, no more no tournaments this year. Well, that's kind of good because that story was sort of falling off the radar, as you would expect. So it's nice that they're putting that back on the radar and hopefully the ATP will follow suit, mm -hmm. even if it means dropping what looks like four events. Yeah. Uh, go, sorry, going back to Djokovic for a second. He is someone that we have, we spoke so much about at the beginning of the year for obvious reasons, but... We, I think, rightfully so, have kind of um, refocused our attention on people like Carlos and on the women's side on Iga. Like, what do you think? What do you think his kind of shots are? What is his shot at capturing the French this year? I think you always have to bet on his potential, especially after last year. We'll mm -hmm. see how this health situation goes. There's still a couple of weeks before the French Open. I suspect that he... Although, if he's taking this week off, he might end up playing Madrid. I suspect he'll try and get himself in the draw. I was thinking maybe he would take, um, take Madrid or Rome as a break. But I think if he's going to take a break, he'll probably take, uh, pull himself out of Madrid and play Rome mm -hmm. and then have a week off before the French Open. But he's no. definitely going to play one of those. Uh, yeah, I mean, his health will be, I think, the main factor. And if he's struggling in best two of three, he'll definitely be struggling in best three of fives. But he struggled in three of fives many, many times and was able to pull it out of his anus. So we'll see. <laughs> so you're saying... Odds are still in his favor. Yeah, if he if he makes it to the second week, he uh, will be one of the favorites, depending on if Sitsi, Nadal, or Alcaraz, or maybe even like a Casper Ruud is in there. And I know he's not sort of made a huge impact at the Slams, but he's still one of the best players on clay right now. Yeah, I mean, it's almost a bit of a shame that Carlos did so well in Barcelona. I don't know how far 
the Grand Slams go back in terms of like seeding their players? I know it's kind of like a a mysterious formula has something to do with like the ATP uh, ATP rankings, but also like um, previous um, years and how they've done. So it, it would be I would be curious to know like what part of the draw Carlos would find himself in. Would he be like in a Djokovic quarter and a Djokovic half? Mm-hmm. You know, so that would be kind of intriguing to know. When you talk about seeding, <laughs> are you still talking about tennis? I remember always double entendre. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's usually like two to three weeks. So wherever okay. his ranking is, like, I think as up to Madrid, which is right now, mm-hmm. um, is where he'll land. So he will be because because um, Nadal is is in doubt potentially, but also Medvedev is is in doubt. He will be he could potentially be eighth, which means he and Joko would meet in the quarters. I think. Ah, ah, okay. Yeah. I think it's I, three. I think it's three weeks. I just I think that if you get a Carlos Djokovic matchup later in the draw, that favors Djokovic mm-hmm. because even though she tired. Even though she, you know, has this kind of fatigue spell and whatnot, uh, she's a champion and she manages to just work her magic. It would be more precarious for Djokovic to meet Carlos in like a, I think a third or fourth round. But I don't know that that's, I doubt that that's going to happen. No, they're definitely going to meet, I would say, in the quarter. Quarters. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Anything else you want? I think you wanted to talk briefly since we're talking about Spain and Madrid. Hmm. This whole, um, you don't you don't want to talk about oh, wild go ahead, card go ahead. piece, the uh, wild card story. Yeah, you know, I just found it interesting that so IMG is an organization that um, manages talent. It recently acquired the you know Mutual Madrid. Is it still Mutual? That's the sponsor of the Madrid Open. Yes. So Mutual Madrid Open. And um, normally when you have a tournament, tournament organizers give wild cards to up and coming players from that country. Like at the Rogers Cup, we would give a wild card to like Carol Zhao or to Francois Abanda, who, I mean, perpetually continued to lose in the first round, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> that's okay. But, <laughs> but, you know, in Madrid, because this is a great opportunity for like up and coming clay court players to kind of make their mark to be seen to make a little bit of money but because the IM, because IMG recently acquired them um, it's quite suspect because the wild cards were given to I think only one Spanish player and the rest and the rest of the players if I'm not mistaken are under IMG management including Naomi Osaka and Andy and and I was going to say Andy Roddick <laughs> and Andy Murray yeah so I told you earlier, it doesn't surprise me that Andy and Naomi have been granted wild cards. They would be great draws for the tournament. But yes. the fact that no other um, Spanish players have shown up uh, or been granted wild cards is kind of um, a bit fishy to me. Yeah. Yeah. Andy Murray um, had, I guess, intended to skip all of the clay court season and just play on uh, or prep for the grass and he was offered a wild card and decided to accept it and Mm. said that he you know he has no qualms about playing qualifying he would have been happy to do it but is he gonna say no to a wild card spot (laughs) no (laughs) no so yeah it is uh interesting i i don't know that we've never necessarily known of an instance like that where a tournament is is owned by a company like that that ends up representing some of the talent that could be part of the event so yeah that's like telem okay sorry to bring this pageant comparison up but it's like <laughs> telemundo has required has acquired the rights to broadcast miss universe who ends up winning the first year that telemundo acquires the broadcast rights fucking mexico miss mexico wins oh like girl please just follow the money <laughs> follow the money um we'll see what happens in madrid and hopefully you know alejandro davidovich Fokino <laughs> will win or carlos alcaraz agut <laughs> and um yeah they'll put that to bed 
They'll put that to bed. <laughs> you wanted to talk about one other thing before I threw that that bit a little spin. Yeah. I mean, we do have to kind of give Potapova <laughs> a clap. Okay. That was the tournament that you and I both said, like, who cares about that? Elise Mertens is number one at that tournament, so who cares? <laughs> um, but good for her. She beat Kudermatova. Yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> the final of the players from the country that is currently flagless. Yikes. I know. Yeah. But congrats to her. <laughs> um, and looking forward to Madrid. It's always exciting. Um Last year, Dominic Team, if we recall, made the semifinals. So, of Madrid, he, yeah, um, yeah, and he was sort of making his a little comeback, I think, at that point because he had been out for a bit too. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see. I I don't know if he's gonna make an appearance, but obviously, Zverev will be one of the favorites. Is a bit of a, I think, a faster court in Madrid. So we'll see. Um, how he uh, comes into this particular event, but everybody's going to be watching, obviously, Sitsi and Carlos. Um, mm-hmm. The clay court swing continues. It's very exciting. I, I don't think I realize how much I like the clay. I'm enjoying it. I, yeah, the, the play has been phenomenal, so it should continue. Yeah. And just so everybody knows, when we started recording, we were like, this is going to be a short episode, but here we are one hour in. <laughs> Girl, it always ends up being like this. <laughs> if you like the show, go to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash ready play tennis. Give us a little bit of your shmoney. It really helps us out. It makes us feel good and want to, uh, and want to, <laughs> to do the show. And, you know, throw us them stars and throw us them reviews and throw us a bone and some shares and some likes yeah all of that that's it see you in madrid y'all see ya adios we're here for your tennis tainment or your tentertainment or whatever it is but if you like what we're serving up please give us a five-star review and like share and subscribe and like such as wait one more thing don't forget to follow us on facebook instagram and tiktok at ready play tennis podcast